Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. We have reached the moment that matters. It's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party on Saturday, and I tell you, I am so ready for it. I know so many of you are so ready for it there as well, and if you're not ready, we're going to get you ready over the course of our time here. And in just a moment, I'm going to talk about something about Georgia that I don't know that everybody knows, but I do think is important to understand as you get ready to watch them play on Saturday and as you get ready to kind of, I guess, watch everything that could be coming up after this. But before that, though, can we just pause before we get too deep into all that and just appreciate what is going to happen tomorrow? Georgia's going to renew, I think, one of the most important rivalries in college football, the rivalry we've always believed matters first and foremost. We say it around here that a good Georgia fan is a Gator hater first and foremost. You've heard me say that thousands of times over the course of the years. And one of the things as a Georgia fan, as someone who truly believes that this rivalry is a big deal and basks in the idea of it being a big deal, one of the things that I take so much pride in right now is is that you've got a lot of understanding of that within the Georgia program. There is this appreciation for what it's all about. We've talked about Kirby Smart's understanding of this rivalry before, and we'll get more into that before our show is done today. But I think you can also look at another pivotal figure on this Georgia program and see the same kind of stuff from him there as well. We had a chance to hear from Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett a little earlier this week, and Bennett's in the midst of a very good year following up a national championship from a year ago. And in addition to the success that Bennett's enjoying on the field, there's also an element of Bennett off the field that I really, really like. And we've said this as it relates to Kirby Smart. Like, is it valuable to have an alumnus of the program as a head coach? And in some respects, it probably is. In some respects, maybe it's not. But it does make rooting for him more fun, knowing that Kirby's a UGA grad and has an appreciation for history. And I would say when it comes to your quarterback, it's much the same way there as well. Stetson Bennett, and you've heard this in a million interviews before, like he knows the history of this program. He lived through the history of this program as a fan. He is a legitimate fan of UGA. In his experience growing up, isn't all that different than mine was. Now, I'm not a quarterback and, you know, things like that, but in terms of living and dying with the very best and kind of most heartbreaking moments of Georgia over the course of those years, he's a little younger than me, but his path was pretty similar to mine in that those moments kind of shaped his life. And here he is now living out this unimaginable dream of being the starting quarterback for the team that he always rooted for, but he still brings that personality with him, that understanding of, hey, what the big games for Georgia all mean. And in particular, because of where he grew up down in South Georgia, as you might imagine, the Georgia-Florida game means a ton to him in particular. So before we get into anything else, let's just stop and appreciate the fact that the Georgia program uh, has a lot of guys right now that understand what the cocktail party is all about, including Stetson Bennett. Here is him earlier this week. Yeah, for me, I mean, it was a little bit closer to home down there. You know, it's, uh, I don't know exactly how far we were games, so I only went once. Um, but it, it seemed like there were more Florida fans, so it was more, uh, you know, rivalries between households, um, you know, talk smack. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say I grew up with a little bit more of a, a proximity to the game. So, First of all, I just love the idea that Stetson growing up was talking smack to Florida fans wherever he could find them. And as he kind of describes right there, I think you kind of 
you know, you see some of that edge from Bennett here now, and apparently he still had that even way back then, down there, a little closer to the Florida border, and seeing a Gator fan, and, you know, maybe they're flying those Gator flags to their house or something like that. It's distasteful of an idea is that kind of comes across to many of us, but maybe that's what was going on. And uh, Bennett said, oh, yeah, there's a lot of smack talk back then. Like, Georgia's got the kind of quarterback right now who's been around this thing long enough to have participated in some smack talk on Georgia-Florida even when he was a kid. And, you know, now he's got the appreciation for the rivalry as a player. It's not just a thing that he did from a fan-oriented smack talk perspective. It's something that he's also doing now as a player. And he'll do it, you know, maybe for the final time on Saturday as a Georgia quarterback. But nonetheless, he now has the perspective on the rivalry, having been a participant in it. And this week, he also talked about that there as well. I mean, I, I can tell you that it's it's hard to get a feel for how much the, the players uh, care and feel about the rivalry until you play in it. Um, and, you know, you can throw records or whatever you want to out the window, um, you know, more so than probably any other game on our schedule when we, when we go down there and play Florida. I think, you know, Coach Napier is, uh, is building a good program. I, I loved him whenever he was at Louisiana. Um, and, you know, they're always going to be a force to be reckoned with down there. So I do think that's – I think it makes it fun. I don't know that it makes it more likely that Georgia wins or – you know, I don't know if it makes Bennett any better of a player, but as someone who has rooted for this Georgia team my entire life, when you can have guys in positions to succeed that know the history of the program, that have been invested in the history of the program, that have a little bit of connection to all of that, I, I do think it makes rooting for this team all the more fun to, to be able to say that. And I think it makes rooting for Georgia in the cocktail party on Saturday even more fun uh, there as well. In fact, one more I'll give you here from Bennett from earlier this week. You know, the age-old debate, and this is kind of only true because it's a neutral site game. You know, some people like want to call it Florida-Georgia. Some people want to call it Georgia-Florida. And this is kind of always one of those things that one of the, like the <laughs> to use a fancy word here, like a shibboleth, one of the sort of shibboleths of Georgia fandom is calling it Georgia-Florida instead of Florida-Georgia. That's something that to a lot of Georgia fans means a lot and is uh, is is very, very important. And uh, Stetson Bennett, much the same way, he had kind of a funny exchange with a reporter this week on that very topic. One more from Stetson Bennett here. So, I mean, Bennett doesn't hesitate to say, no, this is Georgia-Florida, not Florida-Georgia. That's the kind of thing you have with your quarterback here right now. But for a moment, let's kind of move off of that, and let's talk about what else Georgia has when it comes to Stetson Bennett. And quietly, I think it might be that Georgia has a lot more than some people realize. You know, sometimes we get caught up with kind of like fancy stats here or what you might think of as kind of as analytics or some sort of complicated way of explaining what's happening on a football field. But it doesn't always have to be that way. And in fact, if you can explain something simply, you probably should. And there is a simple truth about Georgia right now that I'm not quite so sure everyone is necessarily aware of. In fact, I don't even know that I was necessarily aware of this. It's one of those things that just sort of stumbled across. And I think it's kind of interesting. What is the simplest measurement of offensive success of them all? Maybe it's points scored, and Georgia's actually way better at that than they have been at any point in time under the Kirby Smart era. We had kind of called for Georgia this year to score 42 points per game, and guess what? Here we are through seven uh, ball games, moving into kind of the unofficial second half of the season on the other side of the bye week, and Georgia is like, 
a couple tenths of a point underneath that. They're in excess of 41 points per game right now. They are essentially right on the uh, measurement that we were calling for to find a way to score 42 points per game. If they can keep that up over the course of the rest of the season, then Georgia's going to be in a great spot offensively. But beyond that, there's also just yards. Like, how many yards do you compile? And, you know, in the modern age of football discussion, we've kind of gotten away from that. We sort of look at yards per play and things like that. And I understand why those stats are oftentimes more valuable. I I do truly get that. But did you know that if you want to be old school here for a moment and kind of talk about something from sort of an old school statistical perspective here for a moment, did you know that Georgia has actually compiled the second most yards in all of college football here for the season? You may not be surprised to find out that Tennessee is number one in that category. They're averaging 571.7 yards per game offensively. Their offense truly, I believe, has been that good. You won't hear me say anything bad about the Vols offensively. They've been pretty stellar. But Georgia's actually second in the country in that category at 526.6 yards per game offensively they're actually ahead of the vaunted ohio state buckeyes uh and and they're almost ahead by a full 10 yards per game ohio state is just fourth nationally in that category at 517.4 now ultimately there are things that may matter more than that certainly scoring points matters and maybe yards per play is a better measurement of the overall offensive success and admittedly the buckeyes are better than george in that regard but here's a category that for a lot of people has kind of been the you know, one of the more important measurements offensively for a long time. How many yards are you compiling? And on a per-game basis, only the Tennessee Vols are compiling more yards per game right now than Georgia is. And so the takeaway from all of this, I think, should be self-evident, is that when you watch Georgia throughout this season, you've seen some blemishes. You've seen some imperfections. Of course, we would all notice that, but some of our ability to notice that is based on the fact that we are so fixated on this as a topic. We zero in to like a microscopic level to see everything going on with UGA. But if you pull back a little bit, sometimes you do get a clearer picture. And when you pull back, not just on Georgia, but on college football overall, what you see is, is there's nobody in the country more dominant right now than UGA. That when you watch Georgia, this is what dominance looks like. Now, I want to see it continue against Florida on Saturday, but if Georgia plays again as it has played throughout the season against the Gators, you are seeing a team right now that I think is playing in excess of what anybody else is doing on both sides of the ball here thus far this season. So a lot of folks look at Georgia and they say, you know, maybe they could just be a little bit more explosive offensively. Maybe they could, and maybe at some point in time they will. But when you also see what they are doing, what you see right now is a team that's getting it done on both sides of the ball about as well as anybody could in fact better I believe than anybody else in the nation here right now very quietly they've compiled a lot more yards this year than a lot of folks give them credit for and they could be ready to pile on a whole bunch more against those lousy stinking gators on Saturday in fact I hope they do and in fact I can't wait to see it happen my name's Brandon Adams and this is Dog Nation Daily the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans presented today by Kroger and we are happy to have you with us no matter how you get to us Live on video, 945, first and 15, dognation.com, the Dog Nation app. 10 a.m. after that, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref. We're available as a podcast wherever you find them, including the world-famous dognation.com. So many fun things uh, going on, and so happy to have you with us for all of it. And, of course, we appreciate our friends at Kroger for making the show possible for you here today there as well. And, by the way, speaking of fun things, we got the cocktail party here this weekend, and as it commonly is, 
Georgia, Florida will then be a big lead in for my family and for many of your families there as well when it comes to Halloween. Because when we get back home uh, on the other side of the uh, beat down of Florida, at that point, it's going to be time to get ready for Halloween. Now, of course, our house, we've been getting ready for Halloween now for what seems like two months. But nonetheless, the big moment is almost here. Candy getting stocked. My wife likes to make the... We make like the little baggy things, like the little goodie bags. So if you come to our house, you get like a whole, like, it's like a stocking. It's like a Christmas stocking, basically. You get to take home with you uh, via Halloween. So we have a lot to do to get ready for the Halloween celebration. And I know a lot of you are doing that there as well. Well, the good news is, is that you can get big savings right now at your local Kroger. Just stop by and go in store. It's easy to find the Halloween section. At my local Kroger, it's just like right there in the middle of the store. It's candy, it's decorations and all that kind of stuff. And it's simply like, front and center right there for you to easily get to and get all you need for the halloween even if it's just the candy you want to eat yourself which let's face it that's a big part of this too uh, you can get all that right there at your local kroger and the good news is you can also get like up to 20 percent savings on this there as well so if you want to find out more online it's kroger.com slash halloween that's kroger.com slash halloween uh or you can just stop by and do all the savings in store on that all right we have got a big big show coming up for you it's jeff Sintel here in a moment it's also going to be in a moment around the doghouse presented today by berkshire hathaway home services let me make one more quick announcement though before we get there so on saturday this is a little bit of a culmination for me of something that i wanted to do for a long time I'm going to get a chance to hang out on Saturday with my friends from the Jacksonville Bulldog Club. They invited me to come be a part of this. Actually, we did one of those call-in shows last year prior to the national championship game, and uh, one of the great uh, folks connected to the Jacksonville Bulldog Club kind of extended the invitation for me to kind of come down there and be a part of that. And it's one of those things that I really wanted to do and just kind of fell into place here right now. So on Saturday – I'm going to be down there hanging out. We'll do our Kroger kickoff pregame show from the Jacksonville Bulldog Club tailgate. I'm really excited about this. You know, I, I love what they do. They're obviously meeting throughout the year, and, you know, they're also kind of a, you know, they're not just a booster club supporting Georgia, but they also kind of have a serious side there as well. They have a scholarship fund that they've kind of you know, put together in honor of uh, Vince Dooley, but they love to have a lot of fun related to the Georgia Florida game. When I was a kid, watch the game on TV. They were always talking about the Jacksonville Bulldog Club, and they got that great logo, and sometimes you kind of see me wear some, some of the gear that has the dog with the gator in its mouth. That's the kind of the official Jacksonville Bulldog Club logo. So I, I love what they do. I'm uh, so happy to be able to be a part of that and hanging out with them there on that. It's just going to be a great experience. If you want to learn more about the Jacksonville Bulldog Club, you can go to JAX, jacksbulldogs.com, and find out. If you're down that area, this is honestly one of the most prominent Bulldog Clubs there is and uh, they've been kind enough to want to host me this weekend. So I wanted to give a quick shout out to them. It's just jaxbulldogs.com. If you're down there, kind of near that Florida First Coast area, you can learn more about that. So uh, make sure you check that out. I'm really, really excited about being a part of that. So with that said, let's transition here now around the doghouse, presented today by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And I know the folks from the Jacksonville Bulldog Club were having fun with this last night because I know Dog Nation, wherever it is, was having a lot of fun uh, related to this. So Florida thought it was going to get a big five-star recruit. Cormani McClain, the defensive back, has been, boy, he's just been, all the online predictions, the official predictions. I mean, on some of these websites, it was like 100% unanimous. Everybody thought McClain was going to Florida. And lo and behold, at the last minute, McClain pulled one of the great swerves of the 2023 recruiting cycle when he made his pledge instead to Miami. I don't know if we, yeah, there we go. We got the announcement. Now, somebody pointed this out before the show began, and uh, this is this is so funny. So, uh, Hayes Fawcett, who's a, uh, you know, a, a great guy, works for, uh, you know, he's a very talented guy. I don't know him personally, but he's a very talented guy on three. 
<laughs> so here is the edit. If you're watching on video, you see this. If you're not, um, so there's a lot going on here with the official edit for Kamani McLean. On the bottom left-hand corner of the graphic is a big pile of money. In fact, there are like $100 bills like falling down like rain in this particular edit here. So that's really funny, the fact that obviously Miami's kind of thought to uh, get in here and use the the NIL deals to win recruiting battles like this. So you got the money kind of coming down here, the $100 bills falling down. Now, I also noticed on the right side of this, you got a college football playoff national championship trophy. Miami's not getting close to one of those anytime soon, so the money may be real, but the national championship trophy is totally fake. But nonetheless, Cormani McLean made a pledge to Miami yesterday, probably NIL influence. That's what most people kind of think they're on this. And it's just a total, total devastation for the uh, Florida Gators. I joked about this before the show began today. It's a good thing that Billy Napier spells his first name with two L's because it seems like he's taken two of those L's here this week on the recruiting trail with uh, McLean right there, and then on the field against Kirby Smart on Saturday there as well. So a couple of L's for Napier, who spells his name that way anyway. And I guess all of this kind of leads me into the Georgia thing here for a moment because I was looking at some of what the Florida bloggers were saying about this and what the you know sort of Gator Nation was saying. And by the way, Florida fans are beside themselves. They thought they had this one in the bag. They thought they were doing this. They thought they were just heading for a really big moment here. And it was... Very funny to see them come to the realization that uh, that was not going to be the case. And one blogger in particular, and I apologize, I don't remember his name, but I think he had a great line. Uh, I saw this on social media today. It was something to the effect of, well, you know, even with not getting Cormani McLean, you know, Billy Napier's kind of already proving him to be a better recruiter than what Dan Mullen was prior to this. And I think there's a degree which that's true. That's also kind of expected. Uh, you know, Napier's kind of building out the recruiting infrastructure for the, pro, the, the Florida program more. Uh, I think that's all probably true and, and, and very fair. But what this particular Florida guy said, I think this is really an interesting point. He said, Florida fans don't want Napier to be a better recruiter than Dan Mullen. They want him to be a better recruiter than Kirby Smart. And that's obviously a long time away from happening. But I do think that's kind of an interesting line to kind of understand the perspective of Gator fans on this particular moment at this particular time. Because, listen, Georgia can go head-to-head with Miami. Did so a little earlier for Janelle Aguero. And Miami may have NIL to offer, but Georgia's got more to offer. Miami's an empty stadium. Miami's a 1,000 miles from any kind of, like, contention for the college football playoff. Georgia clearly has some other things to offer. Same thing for Monroe Freeling. You know, Miami may try to win that battle, and they may try to use their NIL resources to do that. But Georgia's also got more going on than just the NIL opportunities, which gives you a chance to win some of those kinds of battles. Right now, Florida just does not have much to sell. But you do notice that things have kind of changed around the Florida program. Billy Napier talked about recruiting a bit in his uh, press conference here this week. At one point in time, Anthony Richardson even mentioned, uh, when we know Georgia's got a lot of five stars, but we know Georgia recruits really well, we know Georgia's kind of got all that going for them, that, that there's kind of an open acknowledgement around the Florida program right now that recruiting matters. This is something they tried to obscure back when it was Dan Mullen as coach or even Jim McElwain as coach before that, that somehow you could outsmart a great recruiter just by being diabolical and being some sort of play-calling genius, whatever these guys were sort of thought to be over the course of years. And Kirby Smart, to his credit, has kind of always been steadfast in his belief that acquiring players matter. In fact, if you want to go back to last year's game, he actually kind of gave Florida the blueprint. Now, I believe he did this at the time to sort of twist the knife when it comes to Dan Mullen, who was clearly failing in this regard. 
But what a lot of Florida fans used to pretend was not true, they openly acknowledge now, and this is what Kirby said about the value of recruiting when uh, Georgia got the win last year against the Gators. Let's go back in time to one year ago. You have to. I mean, guys, if you don't recruit, there's no coach out there that can out-coach recruiting. Okay? I, I don't care who you are. The best coach to ever play the game better be a good recruiter because no coaching is going to out coach players. I mean, anybody will tell you our defense is good because we got good players. So spending time on the phone, you know, spending time with people at your house, spending time with people when they come to your campus. You know, I'm not with my family when I'm doing that. My family sacrifices so that I can go and spend time with other people's families so that we have good players. So, you know, that's 25% evaluation. That's 50% recruiting. And another 25% is going to be coaching. But if you don't recruit, guys, you got no chance. Just go look. Look at the best teams out there. They, they got good football players. And that's the reason I believe in recruiting. And I believe you better always be recruiting. Always be recruiting. Because if you're not, somebody else is. So when Smart said that at the time, he's kind of twisting the knife in the final you know, moments of the Dan Mullen era there in Florida. But for a long time, there were a lot of Gator folks that were resistant to that as an idea. But you don't see that resistance anymore. Now they openly acknowledge, hey, we got to recruit better. We got to win battles like this for Kamani McClain. But just wanting to doesn't mean you get to. And Florida sort of found that out yesterday. And my point for bringing all this up is this is why beating down on those lousy, stinking Gators is important again on Saturday. Right now, Florida has exactly zero zilch nada. They have no first-year momentum for Billy Napier whatsoever. Yeah, they beat Utah week one, but I can promise you, down here in SEC country, nobody cares about beating a Pac-12 team. It just does not move the needle. And that's kind of also true a little bit for Georgia beating up on Oregon. There is just no juice to be had from beating a Pac-12 team. It does not matter. And since beating Utah week one, Florida hasn't done anything. They haven't had anything to sell whatsoever. So the dog's job on Saturday is to look in on a Florida program where things are kind of bad right now, find a way to make it worse, find a way to prolong their misery, find a way to to make the, the, the reboot that Billy Napier is trying to participate in, find a way to make that even more challenging. And if you do, the kinds of recruiting wins that Georgia has enjoyed, the elite players from the Sunshine State that, that Georgia's found a way to get, then you'll have a chance to do even more of that. And the Florida misery that makes all this even more possible for UGA, it'll be prolonged there as well. So something to consider as the dogs get ready to take on the Gators in Jacksonville again on Saturday. And that is around the doghouse. And it's presented today by our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And one of the things that Berkshire Hathaway Home Services says, and I love this line, that the best time for new beginnings is right now. Now, let me tell you what that means. That for a lot of you have these things that you want out of life, whether it be a new job or a chance to reconnect with family or a chance to kind of experience a lifelong dream of living close to the lake or close to the ocean or close to, you know, just close to whatever you want to be to be close to that. The, that the new beginning in your life oftentimes goes along with a real estate decision that you can't live in the new home until you sell the old house and you can't be a part of the new community in the new town until you kind of take care of business in the place that you currently live and that's why a great expert real estate agent is something that's really important for you and that's what our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services are all about they got 29 offices and 1500 agents right here in our area and these are folks that are working hard for you each and every day utmost in terms of integrity and obviously uh you know as 
recommended as they could be when it comes to the the diligence required to to make a satisfactory outcome for you. And and for me, so much of this kind of relates to what happens once you're under contract. If you've ever you know bought a home or sold a house or had any kind of experience with that, you would kind of know that's when the real action starts to happen. Contract is signed. Okay, what happens next? How do you get this to the closing table? Well, that's what my friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services are all about. They're guiding you through that experience, making it a win-win for everybody involved, and setting you up for the exciting new tomorrow you get to enjoy on the other side of this real estate situation. So if it's time to sell your house, it's Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. If it's time to move into a new home, I want you to think about Berkshire Hathaway Home Services there as well. Or if it's time to maybe take that step towards getting involved in real estate from an investment standpoint, Berkshire Hathaway Home Service can help you out that there as well. Whether it's something that you want to buy and hold on to and get some rental income from, or maybe you want to do what you see on TV and kind of buy it and flip it, you know, Berkshire Hathaway Home Service can help with all that there too. Or if you have one of these home-based businesses where you've been making you know, a lot of money and you've been doing well, but you kind of are ready to kind of grow to that next step and a storefront might make some sense for you on the commercial side of things. Our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, they got you covered on all of that too. Whatever your new beginning is, whether it's buying, selling, investing, whatever else, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services can help you out with all of that. So find them online. It's bhhsgeorgia.com. That's bhhsgeorgia.com. You can find our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services there. And it's great to have them with us around the doghouse here today. All right, so there is a lot going on here. We'll kind of make fun of Florida a little bit as it relates to the recruiting story from yesterday. But there's some big recruiting news for Georgia here too. So let's cover all of that right now. We got to get ready to go on the road, assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel. Final day before the cocktail party. Great time to talk some UGA recruiting because that has been the fuel that has driven so many of these Georgia wins, and it keeps going here for the class of 2023. So let's talk about it more with Jeff Sintel as we're on the road, assisted by AAA with him here today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. All right, we'll say hello to Jeff Sintel on the road, assisted by AAA, getting ready to obviously uh, look ahead to a big one on Saturday. We all even kind of talk about this from a little bit of a recruiting perspective here coming up in a moment before we're all said and done. Uh, but, Jeff, we uh, kind of made fun of this a little earlier. Uh, Cormani McLean, the closest thing to a done deal as it seems like it can be when it comes to uh, Florida, uh, kind of swerving yesterday and going to Miami. Georgia fans have had their turn laughing about this. Before we get into the more serious stuff as it relates to Georgia, let me give you a moment just to speak about this. How big of a loss is this for Florida? Well, I think it's pretty huge, Brandon. It's the number one team, number one rated cornerback in the country. Um, but I've seen him play. I saw him, Brandon, actually, you know, something for dog fans to know is that's the guy that, Georgia fans will have to thank for Tyler Williams being so good when he gets to Athens because those guys go yeah. against each other. That iron sharpens iron mantra every day in practice. Uh, really long, really fast, really athletic. Plays with a chip on his shoulder, Brandon. Really, actually, if you want to say it, kind of fits. Now, I know name, image, and likeness is probably all over this decision, very likely all over this decision, but he fits into the mindset of one of those old-school Miami Hurricane-type defenders. Very physical, plays with a chip on his shoulder, very chatty. Uh, he'll come up and strike a lick on a player, too. So, And I think the other thing is, you know, I think Miami Hurricanes fans are reveling in the fact that they took one away from the Mighty Gators as well. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. They are indeed. Now, obviously, NIL kind of thought to be kind of a part of that. I thought it was even funny to see the pile of money in the official graphic for Cormani McClain, which is obviously not a very, uh, not a very secret uh, reference there on that. And, of course, we talked about NIL last week as it related to the five-star edge rusher Damon Wilson. We don't know what's what and what's real, but there had been plenty of online chatter that, oh, Ohio State had swung in and made the big offer to to Wilson. That's what the rumor mill had been. And as I said before, I don't pretend to know what's real and what's not, but but that's certainly not a uh, a shy you know uh, topic on message boards, things like that. People have been saying that a good bit. But we also saw some video shared by uh, Wilson this week of the visit that Kirby Smart paid to him during the off week watching him play, and you almost kind of got a little bit of a re-rack of the uh, famous Kirby Smart popcorn gift at one point in time. Kirby kind of went eyebrow raised on the video remarking at some of the things that Wilson was doing uh, in the game. And I guess it kind of leads me to wonder, you know, clearly Georgia's not giving up in its pursuit of Damon Wilson, but are they kind of getting back in this, whether was NIL related or not, it seems like Ohio State had established some real momentum here. Kirby Smart kind of being with uh, Wilson this past weekend, do you think that does anything to change all of that? Well, I think it helps. Um, you know, Brandon, let, let me go old school Nintendo entertainment system here a little bit. I think we need to hit the reset button on a lot of things with Damon Wilson because unlike a guy like Romani McClain, who actually has the money team, I think, built into some of his social media for some time now, I think with Damon Wilson, you have two schools here in Georgia and Ohio State, which look to be the two teams dashing to the finish line, the two programs, let me say. And, Brennan, neither one of them have a very public or even understood acknowledgement that they're dropping a lot of NIL money on players. Now, not to say somebody can't shift gears for a player of Damon Wilson's caliber, because I think Damon Wilson will come in next year and, make a lot of big plays wherever he's at in the Big tw- in the Big Ten or the SEC. But with Ohio State and with Georgia, they prefer their NIL deals go to established players. So that's what's going to be interesting with the resetting of the narrative I'm talking right there because you've got two programs, two very established upper-crust programs, top four, top in anybody's book in the country, and they're not really known for huge NIL windfalls to induce a recruitment. So that's what I think is most interesting, especially with what people are sitting out there throwing around about Damon Wilson this and Damon Wilson that. I think it's very intriguing. You've got two programs down to the wire here that aren't really known for a lot of those NIL worries that everybody kind of trumps up right now. I think the other thing that's kind of interesting here is is that I think when you see Georgia going, I mean, visually we see Kirby Smart, you know, you know, present there last weekend. It's pretty clear that Georgia's making this a recruiting priority. And, Jeff, I think you can kind of, I think, take more from this, too. I think that Georgia needs – I think that Georgia knows it needs to upgrade the situation with its edge rushers right now. Now, listen, Marvin Jones Jr. may go on to be one of the all-time greats. He's still very early into his college career, so we haven't quite seen what he brings to the table yet. But overall, I think that Georgia has a little bit of a value add that it can still provide when it comes to just sort of the edge rusher types getting after quarterbacks. Right now, Georgia's not doing that enough. And, and maybe some recruiting misses are an example of why that's the case. But one way or another, this is something that it seems like to me Georgia wants to correct for the future and going after the guy who gets after quarterbacks coming off the edge. I think Georgia, by its visual actions here, 
is demonstrating that to be a clear priority. Yeah, Brandon, I'm going to just test out a theory here. And I got a question for you on the Damon Wilson subject in a minute. But, I mean, Brandon, I think I'm of the opinion that Darius Smith, Michael Williams, and Marvin Jones Jr., those three guys especially, if those guys don't end up sacking quarterbacks over the next three or four years at Georgia, that's just not the way the dogs are going to be built. Remember last year, the generational defense, a lot of those pressures came up the middle from blitzes from the Kobe Dean linebackers. Other than that, the one thing people forget is how well Adam Anderson was getting after the passer last year prior to his incident where he was no longer a Georgia Bulldog. I think he was a team leader in sacks with about six. That was through six games, I believe, through the Florida game. So I think, I think that's very intriguing about, you know, is it just simply pass rush or is it how much Georgia plays defense? One thing we've seen in 8A football, Damon Wilson can certainly, certainly get after the passer. 18 sacks a year ago, big plays in the state championship game, blocking punts. But my question to you, sir, is I know how – you like to get the magnifying glass and look over quotes for the word home and the word family. I'm curious if you didn't pull up the lyrics that went behind that popular uh, Kodak Black song with Damon Wilson on his Instagram post. Did you go looking through the lyrics and try to find the interpretation about being a star, maybe going to a place where he can be a star? Did you? No, I don't know that I did. I, I did not realize that was a uh, Kodak Black who was, uh, you know, presenting that 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 particular song there. What should I have read into that uh, if I did? I think that's just a song, Brandon. Okay. I think that's what it is. Because Kodak a Black's times, a Brandon, Kodak Black's a Florida fan, right? I, I do know that. Didn't he? Uh, isn't he a Florida fan? It's funny, I, Brandon. I'm pretty sure I know more about modern rappers than you, but I think you know more about whether modern rappers are fans of certain. <laughs> than I do, very, which is pretty hilarious. That is very true. Like I, I am not going to be anybody's uh, a partner on hip-hop trivia. That's not something I'm going to succeed at, but I am pretty sure, because I remember there was a very awkward video one time, I believe, with Kodak and Dan Mullen that I thought was hilarious because it was pretty obvious that Mullen was you know, completely out of place you know, trying to be cool with a legitimately cool guy like Kodak Black. So I thought it was very funny, uh, <laughs> but, that's, but that's kind of the extent of my knowledge of Mr. Black. Funny. It's funny, like it's, it'd be like you and I at dinner, man. It's like I see, I hear that video and I see that post, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if he, he probably should have used the little baby 2040. <laughs> He's like, isn't he a Florida fan? Right. He a Miami fan? I, I, I think that's that's pretty much perfect. Brandon, a lot of things, a lot of times with this, these young people don't even pick up pick out the music. They have the person that created the hype video for them to do that. So, and plus on um, our show, we can't play that we, we can't play the music anyway. Uh, sometimes for uh, content reasons, but other times it's going to get picked up by the uh, the big tech censors. They have the uh, they have their bots out there trying to scrape all this uh, commercial music. So, commercial music is a big no no for our show anyway, because because big tech's always got its bots out there chasing after that kind of stuff. Big tech and bots. I would say, Brandon, the thing there uh, to look at is, you know, you want to be in the in the hype video that's on a young man's Instagram post. That shows that he recognizes Georgia watching him as a big national brand, a big certification of the skills. I think that's really a good thing. Brandon, I think the main thing about this, and I think we need to maybe play one hole here on this topic with the Damon Wilson Instagram post. Man, did you see all the dogs 
that jumped in on that thing. Not just the current commitments, man. I did. Trayvon Walker, Jordan, Jordan Davis. Davis. I, mean, I saw Jordan Davis for sure. I mean, I didn't see Joey Bosa. I didn't see. I didn't see Chase Young. I didn't see a lot of a lot of Buckeye NFL dudes all over his post as well. So good point. Very intriguing there to say the least. All right. Very quickly on this topic, then we're going to move on. You talk about you know edge rushers currently in the program. Like one of the things I like about the future of a guy like say Darius Smith is is that I do think. A little bit longer frame, and, and listen, Smith's a great athlete. He runs very well too. But I think somebody that's got that little bit longer frame. If you're thinking about in, improving your pass rush in the future, a guy like that, you know, kind of got the long arms, kind of got the you know the sort of the taller build. I think that's a good archetype for Georgia to kind of try to lean on in the future. And I've always sort of felt like that Smith. That's one of the things he sort of brings to the table. So as you're thinking about the future of that Georgia pass rush. That's the kind of body I wouldn't mind seeing more of in this program. Certainly, sir. I mean, heck, the thing that people should just, you know, crack one open about this weekend about a guy like Darius Smith or Marvin Jones Jr. First of all, Darius Smith was – you saw him in the last game, right, against Vanderbilt. He was covering slot receivers. Yeah. And doing a pretty good job of it, too. And that's the guy that's going to be hawking quarterbacks for Georgia in the near future. Um, I, when I think of Marvin Jones, when I think of uh, even Darius Smith, I think, remember those edits they did a couple of years ago, Brandon, from the Georgia social media team, Apex Predators? Those guys just look like the Predator out there, big, tall, muscular. They just look like a sinewy, high-precision athlete. I mean, those are the guys you want getting after quarterbacks. And that's why I said if, if, the, athlete, if the level of athleticism for those guys aren't generating double-digit sacks a year for Georgia. I think people should just assume that they're going to get drafted in the first round, they're going to be able to play the run, they're going to be able to get their run fits, but maybe those 15-sack seasons are not what Georgia and Kirby Smart are looking for. So you know this, Georgia fans are like vultures. If they see a wounded animal out there somewhere, they just go launching towards that to see what they can pick off the bones. And I guess the latest example of this is at Auburn, where clearly that program's falling apart, and Brian Harson's not long for the future there. It would not seem like anyway. And so it seems like Georgia might be trying to leverage that to its benefit a little bit. We've seen some movement with Del McGee when it comes to a guy like Jeremiah Cobb, who really is a good-looking uh, running back um, you know, prospect here. And one of those guys, if you're thinking about possible flips to this program, and obviously you know names like Anthony Evans, who's the current Oklahoma commit, we've talked about him before, but Cobb seems kind of like one of the names to know here right now as a guy that Georgia's kind of made a little bit of a move on here. And listen, the Auburn thing is probably falling apart. So one way or another, you know, uh, Cobb may be looking around at some point. I know he kind of gave you some interesting uh, comments to that, to that uh, you know, perspective there a bit. But certainly seems like there could be a little bit of movement here with a, with a running back here late. Yeah, here's what I like about Cobb. Uh, First of all, Brandon, get used to it. Everybody calls him Cobb. Everybody calls him Cobb. His coaches calls him Cobb. His mama calls him Cobb. And, you know, one of the things we're going to have a story up at dognation.com today is that lots of stuff to like, Brandon. I think the 100-meter time is about 10-7, 10 10 That's a lot lower than what's floating around on a lot of recruiting pages. 5'11", 195. Brandon, he's had back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons in high school. Um a lot of stuff to like, but here's what I love about Jeremiah Cobb. Is this is a young man, let's be very frank, he's in a difficult spot. Loves Auburn, loves Cadillac Williams, 
loves being, he grew up an Alabama fan, but he loves the school that was there for him early. He established bonds. He loves Cadillac Williams, his lead recruiter. He loves the recruiting folks at Auburn. They've done a great job recruiting him. But he sees the, hand, he sees the handwriting on the wall. Uh, Brandon, it's, it's, it's all the odds. I know mybookie.com probably doesn't post these type of odds. Um, one, of our, one of the friends of your show, but the odds are not strong that Brian Harson is going to be signing all these guys at Auburn in December or in February. And Jeremiah Cobb showed a great deal of loyalty, and I actually appreciated the way he handled it. Some tough questions as he said, listen, Brian Harson's the coach at Auburn. I'm going to stay at Auburn. But if Brian Harson is not the coach at Auburn, and definitely if Candle like Williams is not the if my running back's coach at Auburn, no matter who comes in and takes over that post, he's like, I'm going to have to look around. And probably he realizes the people close to him realizes this, that when the national champions are knocking on your door and they run the ball as well as Georgia does, you got to give them a look. you got to give them a hard look. He's going to be there at Georgia for the Tennessee game next weekend. I think that's potentially very impactful. All this great stuff about, about Cobb, Brandon, the one thing that really stands out to me, you ask people that have seen him play a bunch of times, you ask people in the industry, you ask his coaches, you ask the teams that have faced him, Brandon, you know what they say is the number one thing he does well, even with all that speed and even all those rushing yards? They say it's catching the ball out of the backfield. And, whoa, when you hear that, Todd Bunkin fit. Remember what Kenny McIntosh did as they were destroying Auburn in the season opener at Mercedes-Benz Stadium? He, to me, seems like a player. Georgia doesn't have a lot of right now in its program and its backfield. And it seems the new Georgia going forward, Jeremiah Cobb seems to be a very tidy fit. I want to ask you one more thing about recruiting visitors, not to next Saturday's game, but this Saturday's game. We'll do that here in just a moment. Before that, though, let's remind folks we are on the road with Jeff Sintel, assisted by AAA here today. And, of course, AAA, a name you know for legendary roadside assistance. You better believe I have that card in my pocket as I'm driving up to City Park in Gainesville tonight and then Jacksville this weekend then back home again after that. Always taking that AAA membership with me. But AAA, not just a name to know if something goes wrong while you're driving. It's a name to know for the insurance that protects that vehicle that you're driving with there as well. AAA's got great, great things for you when you get your auto insurance through them. All kinds of coverage, all kinds of incentive opportunities, including small claim forgiveness, claim-free rewards, the disappearing deductible, and so much more. So make sure you're covered. You can get a free AAA quote today to find out about the great coverage options they offer to you. So you can give them a call, 833-718-2075. That's 833-718-2075 for a whole lot more on that. All right, Jeff, Kirby said this week they are going to be able to give some tickets to some recruits on Saturday. He says you can't talk to them. You can't really visit with them. It's not a it's not a visit, but you can say, here's a ticket, go enjoy the game. And Kirby said they will do that. Do we have any idea of some of the recruits that might be in attendance for this Georgia-Florida game? Is, is anybody going public to say, yeah, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be in Jacksonville on Saturday? Yeah, Brandon, there's a – it's kind of funny, though, because uh, let's remember this. A lot of people may not be aware of it, especially the younger folks in your audience, but this used to be South Georgia's game. This used to be the game for folks in Thomasville, Waycross, Brunswick, Jessup, Albany, Savannah, Valdosta, Thomasville, all those places. It used to be South Georgia's game. And, it, and you're, you're finding, I'm finding that a lot of the guys that are really close to that area, those are the ones that are going to check it out. Um 
Raymond Cottrell, the receiver out of Florida, he's going to be there for that game. The thing I'm finding with a lot of guys, Brandon, is they're trying to decide they're going to go see a Georgia game soon. Do they want it to be this weekend in Florida? Do they want it to be next weekend for the Georgia-Tennessee game when Brandon, I mean, goodness gracious, it's going to be the Oscars with so many folks there for that game. All the people already know are already committing, going to be there at that game, going to be uh, committed to making an appearance at that game. Uh, just a star-studded list, man. The names are already starting to flow in. I mentioned Jeremiah Cobb. Raymond Cottrell is going to be back, going to go through Georgia games and roll. All the commitments. Uh, you got a lot of five stars that are taking a look at Georgia. This is a game, and I, and I think the marquee visitor to look for, Brandon, this weekend probably has to be Jordan Big Baby Hall. He played last night, actually, at, for Westside High in Jacksonville. Yeah. And really, this is a hop and a skip, not even a jump for uh, Jordan Big Baby Hall. And that's the guy you really need to see in the crowd on Saturday watching the dog play. Boy, that's fun to think about, Jeff. Good stuff. Well, I'll look forward to seeing you there on the Florida First Coast here this weekend. Of course, hope you enjoy yourself and uh, have a great time. And then we'll see you back here next week to preview, as you said, a gigantic list of visitors for Georgia-Tennessee. And hopefully Georgia stays at number one and that mission of go for two and 22 stays fully intact. And, of course, dogs get a chance to leverage themselves quite a bit for that 2023 class here over the course of the next couple of weeks. Jeff, thanks for your time. Appreciate you being on the road, assisted by AAA, and we will look forward to talking to you again next time. Hey, man, I'm on the road. I just crossed over that big Darnell Washington-sized bridge in Brunswick, and I'm now pulling into downtown St. Thomas, man. Going to have myself some lunch. Hope to uh, see everybody down there tomorrow. All right, Jeff, appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, well, we could tell Jeff was on the road, no doubt about that. Uh, but <laughs> always glad to have him here uh, nonetheless. And certainly looking forward to a, a fun weekend this weekend with some recruits in attendance, but obviously plenty watching on television. That's one of the things that's kind of also kind of nice here, too. When you get that big TV window, 330 CBS, you get a chance to, to entertain yourself there on that, and a lot of recruits will be doing that, too. So fun to think about how, how all of that plays out of course we're gonna go cruise around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean here in a moment we're gonna get to what a former sec quarterback has said which is the height of lunacy we'll get to that here coming up in just a moment before that though let's talk about our friends at royal caribbean and not just what we're going to be doing this april on board independence of the seas although that's very important but i'm also already excited about what royal caribbean's got going on for january of 2024 now you may say ba why are you looking so far into the future well at that point in time Will we be go for four and 24? Is that what we're going to be doing by that point in time? I, I don't know. For now, it's just go for two and 22, and that's probably you know plenty of a full meal for us to eat here at the moment. But in January of 2024, it's going to be the debut of the latest Royal Caribbean cruise ship. It's called Icon of the Seas. It's introducing an entirely new class of ships to the Royal Caribbean fleet, unlike anything we've ever seen before. The big boys right now are called the Oasis class, and I've been on Harmony of the Seas. That's in the Oasis class of ships, and when I was on, you know, that uh, it's, it was the largest cruise ship in the world at the time. And you got Wonder of the Seas, kind of the latest iteration of the um, of that kind of Oasis class of ships. I'm looking forward to being on that here really soon, too. But Icon, I'm telling you right now, you watch some of the video. And if you're watching on video, we're showing you, 
you know, some of what it has to offer and some of the renditions of kind of what it's going to look like. It's going to be an amazing thing. And I love the fact that Royal Caribbean kind of sets the standard on all of this, pushing the envelope about what you can do at sea, what you can do in a cruise ship. You've seen water slides before. This ship's got an entire water park, basically. Uh, the neighborhood concept they've kind of introduced with the Oasis class. Uh, this is taking that to another level, even more neighborhoods, a, a greater experience. And, you know, the kind of thing where some of the cool stuff, like the amphitheater on the back, what they call the aqua theater, kind of even reimagining that more, making that more of a usable space throughout the day there as well and not just something that goes on with the, sh the shows. Just a lot of really clever ideas that make sailing on a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation incredibly fun. You can be a part of that. And if you want to experience a version of that too, this upcoming April, our Dog Nation cruise gives you a chance to do that there as well. Our friend Jessica Slater going to take care of all that for you. And i got to turn here to do this because for whatever reason, one of my monitors is not working today, so i got to look at the other monitor here for a moment. Uh, Jessica Slater, you can give her a call, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147 or royaldogs.com that's the website royaldogs.com you ever have this thing at work where it's like you get used to doing things a certain way and when it's not quite the way it's supposed to be even a small change just sort of feels really weird so normally i have a monitor here and i have a monitor here For whatever reason this monitor today is just not working i don't know why and so it's bothered me the entire show it's a tiny little change but it has completely kind of thrown me off here uh but nonetheless we soldier on we get ready to have some fun and let's talk bonex here for a moment because this is one of those things on a different type of day. We'd spend a whole hour talking about this, maybe, or at least we'd want to. Today, we don't quite have that much time, but it deserves a mention here. You will remember, because your memory goes back this long, Bo Nix apparently doesn't. You will remember to begin the season, Georgia, Oregon, one of the hyped week one matchups, 3.30 p.m., marquee. Pac-12, Oregon fancy uniforms, reigning national champion Georgia. Supposedly Georgia was going to fall off from where they were a year ago. So, hey, this was a big one. This was one to watch. Even people, you know, within the sort of the Georgia media contingent were like, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon comes here and plays tough against Georgia. You heard some of that kind of stuff? Well, Georgia won 49-3. You'll remember that. And that would seem to be all the evidence that you need to support the idea that Georgia's a better team than Oregon. 49-3 is a fairly substantial result that would seem to be a strong data point in that case but steadfastly Bo Nick is holding on to the idea that you didn't learn everything you need to know about these two teams based on 49-3 now I don't really mock players very much but this is kind of a, a idiotic thing and frankly I don't blame Nick's for this I blame the media for amplifying it so that's this is kind of my way to get around my general rule of not really trashing players i'm going to trash the media for publicizing these remarks more so i'm going to trash nicks for saying them because nicks is still relatively young uh, i don't really hold this against him but making a big deal and, and 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 you know kind of giving a platform to this lunacy uh that would be the thing i would probably be more likely to criticize here what nicks tells dennis dodd from cbs sports is if we played them again tomorrow the game would be completely different and here's my favorite part of this <laughs> He says, if we played them tomorrow, the game would be completely different, and everybody knows that. Here'd be my question to Bo Nix. Who is everybody in this case? Who is the everybody that's so sure that 49-3 to was some sort of misleading result between these uh, two teams? He goes on to say, um, from the first game of the season, a lot of teams get so much better. <laughs> Did they get that much better? Or is there a chance that maybe Oregon just seems better because they're tiptoeing their way through the pillow soft Pac-12? Is there a chance that might be true? Because history would suggest that's more like what's going on here. And this is a little bit of a hot topic for me because of something we talked about on the show a little earlier this week, which is that in years like 2018, 
when Georgia's not playing the marquee non-conference game. In years like that, there are some talking heads in the media that want to act like the SEC schedule's not enough. Atrocious non-conference schedule Georgia was described as having in 2018. You better win all your SEC games, we were told, because your non-conference schedule is atrocious. You're not proving anything, in other words, with your non-conference schedule. So you got that in some years, but in a year like this in which Georgia plays a kind of marquee non-conference game, a game it didn't have to play, but plays the marquee non-conference game, wins it 49-3, to all of a sudden that's not proof of anything either. In other words, Georgia kind of has it held against it when it doesn't play a non-conference game, but when it does play the non-conference game, wins it 49-3, to now we're platforming some quarterback who says, well, if we played again, the result would be completely different. I'm guessing that's probably not quite the case. And listen... <laughs> If you're Bo Nix, you're already 0-4 against Georgia. Like, how many more losses to Georgia do you want <laughs> over the course of your career? Because if you keep begging for this, uh, you may actually get your wish because you got to find a fourth playoff team somewhere. And Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama, you know, these are teams we've kind of been commonly talking about in this. If it's not Bam, it's Tennessee. You're still talking about a couple of SEC teams being in the mix, a team like Ohio State being in the mix, and that fourth playoff team is going to come from somewhere. And – I mean, if Oregon wins the Pac-12, I guess maybe they could get into the playoff. Well, all of a sudden now you got uh, Bowen Four here, Bo Nix, um, who's lost to Georgia every time he's played them, and now the possibility exists. Because keep this in mind, folks. Keep this in mind. One of the national semifinal games is Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It is the Peach Bowl. There is a chance that if Georgia wins out, it'll be the number one seed. It'll play that game in Atlanta. And if Oregon were to you know, somehow be you know, given the gift of being a playoff team, they'll never have a chance of being any higher than the fourth seed. Not only do they get the Georgia rematch that Bo Nick says he wants, they'll get it in the same stadium again. And he has just gifted Georgia with the, the, uh, the gift of Baltimore material of this time it's going to be way different. So Bo Nix, be very, very careful what you ask for because you might just get your wish. <laughs> At that point in time, you might find out just how wrong all of this really is. All right, let me also give you some thoughts on some of the games here this weekend. We'll have more of this tonight in detail on Go With The Flow, presented by R.S. Andrews, but I'll run through some of these here right now. We picked the Georgia-Florida game officially for our show. We had the number 24.5. That's greatly inflated from where the, the number has sort of been for most of the week. We may even have to sort of reconsider the way in which we can lock these spreads because for a brief moment it got up that high, I guess. And all of a sudden now we're paying a big price to take George. I do like George in the game. I wish our official pick wasn't on 24 and a half because that is expensive. Uh, but nonetheless, that's where kind of things kind of stand here right now. I'll give you a couple of the trends when it comes to George here in this spot. Uh, in the Kirby Smart era, they've covered four of their last five against Florida. So from the moment he kind of got the program rolling in 2017, the only non-cover year was 2020. Everybody knows it's a pandemic year. Everybody knows that doesn't count. Um, there are a lot of weird stuff that happened in the pandemic year. So other than pandemic year, Georgia's covering all of the uh, games here against Florida, four of its last five. Uh, Georgia's also been, you know, not terrible as a 21 plus point favorite, or I should say a 24 plus point favorite. Uh, they're five and six against the spread going back to the start of last season when favored by that much. It's not a winning record, but listen, against the spread number that large, that's also not a terrible uh, record either. It's certainly not a reason not to take them. Uh, Florida here this season, uh, just three and four against the spread. So I told you there's very little first-year momentum for uh, Billy Napier. That spread number suggests that. And against SEC foes, nine and five is Georgia in the last 14 against the spread. That also dates back to the start of last season. So Georgia having you know a pretty 
comfortable time and taking care of the business against the number versus SEC team. So something to keep in mind there. I'm also very interested in Kentucky, Tennessee. Now, I think there's a lot to argue here for Kentucky, believe it or not. We talked yesterday about some of the numbers for Will Levis as an underdog. He had one of his best games a year ago against Tennessee there as well. He didn't have a lot of good games last year, but um, but he was 372 yards through the air, three touchdowns, just one pick against Tennessee. That was a game that's played in the 40s. The Tennessee defense did nothing to stop Kentucky a year ago. It is a different offensive coordinator for the, the Wildcats this year, of course. But uh, but one of the few teams that Levis actually had a good game against last year was uh, was Tennessee. As far as the Vols go, if you're looking for one example of them being a little bit different kind of team right now than they were last season, last year they were uh, a losing record against the spread at home, three and five against the number in 2021. But thus far this year, they're four and one against the spread at home. I know their one of their marquee performances was on the road at LSU. But the big difference here thus far is what they've done at home. So be careful taking Kentucky because the Vols have obviously ridden some momentum there at Neyland Stadium. But nonetheless, uh, Kentucky on the other side here, they're 8-4 and four against the spread versus SEC team since 2021, 5-2 on the road over that same span against the spread, and 4-1 and one against the spread as a road underdog since 2021 there as well. So that to me builds a little bit of a case to uh, look for uh, Kentucky here to maybe keep it inside that 13 point point spread. I'll uh, you know I'm just gonna throw that out there for you to consider. Also, believe it or not, as crazy as this sounds, Texas A&M has let me down so much, so much. But on Saturday, I got no choice but to take them again. They're two and a half point underdogs at home against Ole Miss. And here's the thing, you know, last week I kind of made the case for Ole Miss going to LSU and winning that game. The truth is that was kind of a lazy pick. I mean, I just I got to call it like it is. It was a lazy pick there in that spot. Ole Miss has played a really soft schedule, and that kind of came to fruition for them last week in terms of how it went down against LSU. And I think you see more remnants of that going to Texas A&M on Saturday. If you care about like ESPN FPI data, the football power index, up until now, Ole Miss has played the 65th toughest schedule in the country, pretty weak overall. But when you look at the remaining games, including Saturday, that schedule remaining for Ole Miss jumps all the way up to 17th. It's about to get much tougher, in other words, for Ole Miss. Uh, Texas A&M, for all the losing they've done, they still rank 27th in the ESPN FPI. So this is a quality opponent, the likes of which Ole Miss really hasn't been playing a ton. That's value on the Aggies. Plus, here's the other thing there as well. Dating back to the start of last season, Texas A&M is 7-3 against the spread at home. They haven't played a home game since like September 17th, so they're back in Kyle Field on Saturday. Uh, I think that they're the more tested team compared to Ole Miss, and as much as they've let me down, I'm going to be on the side of the Aggies again there. Uh, two of the top 25 games, Ohio State at Penn State, Oklahoma State and Kansas State. I'll save my official picks on those for uh, what we're going to do tonight on Go With The Flow. And for now, we'll just make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And I'll also tell you, if you want to get your own action down on some of these games, our friends at MyBookie give you a great chance to do that. Just type in MyBookie to your browser. That's MyBookie. And let the internet do the work for you. Then you get there. Use the promo code DOGNATION, and you can get a big deposit bonus when you sign up for a brand-new account with our friends at uh, MyBookie. And they'll do that to you up to $1,000. If you put in $500, they'll give you another $500. If you put in $800, they'll give you another $800. All the way up to $1,000, uh, they'll do this for you to get you set up here and playing with our friends at MyBookie. It's winning season at MyBookie, whether it be college football action, you got some games tonight, you had some games last night, or you think about the NFL coming up on Sunday. Whatever your sport of choice is for betting, you can do that at MyBookie. 
pretty much anything, anywhere, anytime with our friends at MyBookie. And you use the promo code DOGNATION to take advantage of the big deposit bonus. You put in 300 bucks, they're going to bonus you 300 bucks. You put in 400 bucks, they're going to bonus you 400 bucks. You are literally a winner before you win your first bet with our friends at MyBookie. So type in MyBookie to the browser, use the promo code DOGNATION, and take advantage of winning season at MyBookie here right now. All right, let's do this for a moment. So we talked about this the other day here in our program. That much the same way off the top today, we said, hey, it makes it kind of fun to cheer for Georgia when you've got a quarterback like Stetson Bennett that understands the nature of this rivalry. He kind of knows what it's all about. He gets that. You know, Kirby Smart's the same kind of guy. And at one point in time, you know, Kirby was asked a few days ago, oh, is there some sort of concern? Is there some sort of worry on your part? Are you concerned that Georgia might look past a Florida team right now that's not very good? A Florida team right now that's more than a three-touchdown underdog in this game. A Florida team right now that is trying to reboot its program with a first-year coach. Are you concerned that Georgia might try to look past that? And I thought Kirby, in a very succinct statement, short few number of words here, but packs quite a punch, gave you the kind of understanding that only a Georgia alumnus could have for what a game like this means on Saturday. Let's go back and get a reminder from a few days ago from Kirby Smart here. Yeah, this is Georgia-Florida matchup. I don't think you have to worry about that. I mean, I might understand if it was a a non-conference or an FCS, but that's not going to be the case on on, on Georgia-Florida. So I love that from Kirby Smart. He says, my team's not looking past Georgia-Florida. We know what this is all about. And Stetson Bennett off the top of the show kind of echoed that same sentiment, giving voice to what Kirby says his team understands is that Georgia-Florida matters no matter what the records are. It is literally a game in which you can throw the records out the window. And Kirby becomes, I believe, part of a great lineage of Georgia coaches that have understood that. And one of the things a lot of you share with me this week and I'm going to play for you right now, is the great speech from Irk Russell. You remember Russell, the terrific former defensive coordinator here with the Dogs back in the, uh, certainly a part of the 1980 National Championship team, what he's maybe most famous for. I did see the video the other day of Scott Sinclair, the Georgia strength and conditioning coach, where he was uh, kind of getting folks fired up at practice, and he did the headbutt ram and kind of got a little blood trickling down his forehead the same way that Irk Russell was once famous for doing. And I don't know that anybody gives voice what it means to be a dog better than what Russell did all those all those years in which he was a part of this program and obviously Kirby Smart I think still has an understanding of that but as a way of kind of getting your mind right and getting you set up for the cocktail party and the fact that nobody's looking past Georgia Florida everybody's looking straight at those lousy stinking gators on Saturday the great Irk Russell gives us a taste of that this is uh, from the uh, 1980s and I appreciate this with all my heart. You don't know how much I do appreciate. I love every one of you. And screw Florida and the beauty that came in here. That's probably a little more colorful from a language standpoint than we would typically play around here. But uh, I guess we'll let it we'll let it stand if it's the great Eric Russell who's a part of that. Understanding what this is all about. And a chance to renew that rivalry on Saturday. It's one of the reasons why I'm wearing the Gatorator t-shirt today. It's one of the reasons why we take all of that so seriously. So it is just a great, great moment. And I am so happy to be the guy that you've chosen to let speak to you today as we lead into that cocktail party on Saturday. And speaking of cocktails... Also a big part of our weekend here, there as well, the Big Finish, presented by the Finish Long Drink. And when it comes to the cocktail party, obviously we love all of that. 
Uh, and of course, uh, that when we're thinking about cocktails, we're thinking about ready to drink cocktails right here in the can, pop the top and enjoy it. That's what the finished long drink is all about. So let's celebrate our big finish right now by looking at some of the uh, great uh, folks getting ready to enjoy themselves here on the weekend. Kathy Weinhardt sent this to me. She says, uh, Dog Nation Daily, I am ready for the cocktail party. Hashtag Gator Hater. And she is. She's got two of those variety packs there. Uh, the best tasting booze in the world, as it says. Uh, so she gets two of each of the different four uh, long drink varieties. And so Kathy is ready for the cocktail party indeed. And that is great to see from Kathy and hope you enjoy yourself. Our buddy Mark Morris also checking in too. He's got cigar in hand there. And he says, uh, B.A., there's going to be two events on Saturday. Number one, I'm going to light up and smoke this cigar until it is no more while drowning these two long drink cans and two the dogs are going to light up and smoke the gators till they are no more and can their wishes for an upset. Hashtag go for two in 22. Mark Morris well said there on that. And for all of you who've made the finish long drink a big part of your cocktail party this weekend, we appreciate all of that. And by the way, if you have not checked out the finish long drink, this is a great chance for you to do that. You go to the longdrink.com and just like Kathy, you had the, the variety pack. You may be able to pick up one of those, or if you want to just choose one option the way that our buddy Mark Morris did, you get the long drink cranberry, the great cranberry flavor, long drink zero, that's no carbs, no sugar, the traditional in a blue can, got the grapefruit flavor, kind of that gin kick to go along with that. I do enjoy that. I also like the long drink strong there as well. 8.5% by volume, alcohol by volume. You can enjoy that too. The longdrink.com, the website to go to to find out which of these finished long drink options is the right one for you. You can try it at a golf course, at a bar, at a beverage store, uh, somewhere near the cocktail party this weekend. You know it's all a big part of that. So enjoy it. Check out the longdrink.com for a lot more there. So we have a lot of, of golden shoes to give out today. So before we fire up the music, let's go ahead and just sort of do some golden shoe stuff here uh, prior to that because I want to make sure we give all the credit to all of our great submissions here and try to create all of those good vibes prior to the closeout of the weekend. In fact, I think we have a, a funny video to show here. Actually, uh, we'll do Mad Dog here first who says, like Dog Nation Daily always says, a true Georgia fan is a Gator hater first and foremost. Mad Dog's right about that. And you see the Gator kind of capsized Georgia flag sticking right into him. Gator hater indeed. Mr. Mad Dog, you are right about that indeed. And we'll give you a very deserved golden shoe. Our buddy Thomas Tyson sent this, kind of an oldie but a goodie. You've seen the video of uh, the person smacking away the gator with the iron skillet. Well, in this particular case, that's Kirby, and that's what's going to happen to those lousy, stinking gators on Saturday. Thomas Tyson is so right about all of that, and uh, that is good stuff. We will give a golden shoe to Thomas there as well. How about our next one here? Blast in the past. Houston Evans sent this going way back to uh, October the 27th, 2017, which was just, I guess, Several years ago yesterday, uh, Houston says, a memory from the cocktail party in Jacksonville with Brandon and Jeff. We heard from Jeff Sintel a little earlier, and uh, you see me there wearing the red version of the Gatorade T-shirt, and uh, Houston also has go for two in 22. And Houston, I'm not quite so sure we could have ever imagined that back then we'd be looking ahead to this year of 2022 with Georgia trying to win its second consecutive national championship. Boy, that's fun to consider, and what a great time that was. And Houston, thanks for bringing that memory back to us there of a great event we had prior to the cocktail party in the past. Also, Houston shares this with us. He says, I updated my graphic for the Georgia-Florida game, Go Dogs. You see the train coming down the track. What's that coming down the track with the Gator Hater flag flying? Ugga on top saying, Go Dogs. 
are running over that lousy, stinking gator. If you look closely at the bottom, you see that on the tracks there. That is uh, tremendous to be able to see there as well. I think we have, is it one more? Yeah. Uh, Mike Brown shares this. Hashtag go dogs. Look at this. And you see a, a great, uh, this is a Dave Helwig drawing. Dave's a tremendous artist. And you see the gator here being dragged by that dog. And we believe the uh, dog's going to drag the gators on the field there as well. So, uh, Mike, thanks for sharing that too. And that is the last one, right? So with that, we'll go ahead and fire up the closing and we'll get ready to head towards the weekend. And y'all, you know how much this means to us. It is Georgia, Florida. It is the big one. And I am so thankful that so many of you see it the same way. So whatever your plans are for the cocktail party, I hope you get ready to enjoy it. If you're down there, need you louder than you've been all season long. And I know that you will be. And by the way, if you are there, soak it up and enjoy it because we don't know how much many, how many more of these cocktail party experiences we're going to be able to have, uh, how many more times we get to make that trip to Jacksonville or St. Simons or Millie Island, wherever you're going to be, but make the most of the opportunities you have, which is the only thing we can do in this particular case. And if you're watching with friends, hey, you make it a cocktail party wherever you are. Make it fun, make it enjoyable, and bask in the opportunity to beat those lousy, stinking gators one more time. And remind them, it's been 5,041 days since they've won a national championship. That's our Gator Hater Updater and our Gator Hater Countdown. This is always the fun day, one day from now. We'll see you in Jacksonville tomorrow. We will see you back here on Monday for Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. We'll talk to you then, everybody. And on the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews podcast cooldown. R.S. Andrews is one you turn to for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. They show up on time. They do the work that's promised. The price is promised. You can trust R.S. Andrews on all of that. Uh, boy, I got a lot of heat yesterday um, for talking about the cocktail party a little bit. UGA Dad 20 ways in here. says, for whatever reason, B.A. is pushing the stay in, Jacks of, stay in Jacksonville agenda pretty hard. You're either a UGA fan booster or you're not. If having a game in Jacksonville versus Athens caused you to be a fan or a booster of Georgia or not, well, then you aren't really much of a fan or a booster to begin with, he says. Uh, with uh, what Kirby Smart has delivered so far after 40 years of uh, mediocrity, mediocrity uh, you would think everyone would be behind what Kirby Smart wants. So, first of all, there is obviously room – I mean, there is really no issue in which Georgia fans are in total unanimous agreement. And I've made no secret of the fact that I am in favor of the game staying in Jacksonville. But unlike some people who, you know, try to ram their opinion down your throat, I have also said pretty clearly many times that if the majority of fans feel differently about that, I'd be kind of okay with majority rules on this too. So I do think that there is obviously a, a case to be made for the game remaining in Jacksonville. I do believe it's a special tradition, and there are a lot of Georgia fans who feel that way. There is a growing number of Georgia fans who don't feel that way, and I'm not going to change my mind just simply because suddenly that's become a little bit more of an in vogue opinion, nor am I going to automatically change my mind simply because Kirby Smart feels differently. Um, Kirby's voice obviously carries a lot of weight, and for a lot of Georgia fans, it's simply enough that that's what Kirby wants, and I'm fine for Georgia fans who feel that way. But um, as a man, I'm not going to just completely disregard every point of view I've ever had because another man feels differently. That's just not the kind of thing that would make me comfortable as a man. Uh, Doggy, though, says a different thing here. He says, let's see, Kirby Smart wants home game in Jacksonville every other year. Or I should say wants a home game every other year. B.A. won't stop lobbying against Kirby Smart. B.A. shut up. Well, first of all, I don't know that it's fair to say I won't stop lobbying against this. I don't even have the capability of lobbying. There's no one to lobby. 
this is going to happen whether, you know, probably I wanted to or not. So I haven't pretended to have some sort of power over the deliberations here. And I think I only brought it up just one day. And even in the midst of the uh, of the commentary that's getting some criticism, criticism here right now, I also pointed out that there are probably some valid reasons to make the change. What's not a valid reason is, well, somehow this is something that Alabama would never do. As I said on yesterday's show, Alabama would never do this because Alabama could never do this. Alabama is not the same kind of state that Georgia is. It's got about half the population. It's uh, half the population. It's much smaller from, from a business standpoint. There are pockets of industry here in Georgia in the Atlanta area and think about the agricultural part of South Georgia. You think about the, the port influence part of coastal Georgia. These are huge pockets of business success that produce UGA boosters and for a long time they have liked this game in Jackson. We know that to be true. So Alabama doesn't have another place they could go play a game and satisfy a large portion of their boosters because almost all Alabama boosters live right there around that Birmingham area. And as a midsize city, doesn't compete with Atlanta, uh, which means as a state, Alabama doesn't really compete with Georgia. To me, the presence of the cocktail party shows the size and scope of our state. And it's one of the things that's made it cool. The fact that Georgia could support a game like this for as long as it has. So if the game does go away... I think it's important to kind of keep track of what it is that would have been lost that takes place. But I'm not mad at anyone who feels differently. I'm just simply expressing my point of view. But boy, I got some uh, heat for this yesterday. My dog Ryan checks in to say, your worst reason is actually the best reason. I've been listening to you since 2016 when you were objective. But my gosh, over the last two years... He says the podcast has gone downhill. Well, I hope that's not the case. Hopefully we're still delivering a consistent product, but I don't know when I was ever objective because I don't believe objectivity has ever even been a goal of mine. So uh, I'm not quite so sure when it was that I was supposed to have been objective because I don't believe that was ever actually true. Uh, I just don't think objectivity is all that interesting. It's never really been a goal of mine that much anyway. Final comment belongs to Smarts the Man, who says, it will be a real shame when the game is moved away from Jackson. He says, it's such a unique game. It feels more like a bowl game than any regular season game. But recruiting is the lifeblood of college football, and, and Kirby, uh, Georgia, can't afford to give away an at-home recruiting day every other year. It really is that simple. The game in Jacksonville hurts recruiting. Until someone finds a way to change that, it has to go home and home, uh, which is probably what it's heading to. And I have acknowledged this, that you look at the visitor list for a game like Vanderbilt, who Georgia hosted, what, two Saturdays ago. It wasn't nearly as robust as it will be next Saturday when it hosts Tennessee. The proof is in the pudding here. It's easier to get recruits to come to big games. And when you don't play a game like this, that's commonly thought of as a big game. Um, When you don't play a game like this in Athens every other year, that is an opportunity to host recruits that you don't always get a chance to make up. And the recruiting list for smaller games just isn't as large. I totally acknowledge that. But what my concern is, and I'll make this quick because we've got to wrap up, my concern, though, is is that what has made Georgia-Florida continually feel like a big game, I believe, is the presence of the game in Jacksonville. That, hey, the first time they come to Athens, or at least the first time in a long time, maybe that feels big. Or the first time Georgia goes to Gainesville, maybe that feels big. But what if Florida doesn't get better anytime soon? What if it's like Georgia-Auburn has become? Georgia-Auburn, I think, is nowhere near as big as it used to be. Now, I try to make prevent that from being the case. But I think it's pretty obvious that in the minds of some, the Georgia-Auburn game has been diminished here somewhat. And I think it'd be a shame if Georgia-Florida was ever diminished 
much the same way that a game like Georgia-Auburn is or a game like Georgia-Tennessee was prior to Tennessee being good again right now. If the two teams are good, the game will feel big no matter where it's played. But when both teams aren't good, such as the case right now, I do believe Georgia-Florida feels a little bit bigger because it's connected to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I believe that is the case. And it would be a shame 10 years from now if the fun of the cocktail party was canceled and Georgia-Florida moving on campus became just another game that Georgia played and just another of a long list of rivals that the program has. Some of you say that will never happen. It will always be the biggest game, and you may very well be right. Uh, Only time will tell, I guess. But the reason why we have comment sections like this is for people to share their point of view. Some people taking strong disagreement with me from yesterday. Uh, You can't say I didn't give you a chance to have your voice heard, though, and that's what this is all about. Hope you enjoyed the game on Saturday. We will see you back here Monday for Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. Check out R.S. Andrews online, rsandrews.com, for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. They show up on time. Do the work that's promised for the price that's promised, including getting that heating system tuned back up to factory fresh specs for the winter that's on its way. So find them there, and we'll see you back here Monday for Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. Talk to you then, everybody.